We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. The OGs back in the house talking week 11. We'll look back at, I'll call it an eventful week 10, but guys, week 10. Ooh, I, I'm still licking my wounds over here. So hopefully week 10 was better for you guys than it was for me, but an odd week of football. So we'll go over that. You know, some of the things we did right. What do we do wrong? And then again, we'll look forward to week 11, break every game down. Of course, we've got our Faith Hill plays at the end, our poor one outs, all the things we got wrong. I got lots of choices there. Uh, and we got some other segments as well. So let me bring in my co-hosts here, Derek Chop. How was Week Ten for you, Derek? Let's start with you. Please tell me your Week Ten was better than mine. Yeah, so I got smoked on Fanduel. Actually, I had a pretty nice week on DraftKings, but yeah, I mean the highlight of my week went to the Jags game. Uh, you know, got to see that Bortles tried to lose the game for us a couple times, but uh, <laughs> luckily. Luckily, the Chargers were just as bad and uh, did what the Chargers do best. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, the wife and Dan got in the pool, and uh, you know, me and Stevie were just pounding beers all day. So, yeah, it was a lot nice. of fun. So that was a good week ten. Your week ten. Uh, that was a good part of week ten. Pounded <laughs> some beers, but uh, the, the scoring was not good. Chop. How were your week ten lineups? Uh oof, man. Let me see. So, uh, you know, I did. I, I've been trying to. Uh, figure out a, a better a better method of entering the games. I don't. I'm kind of over the whole trying to do a whole bunch of lineups and stuff. Uh, so I try to limit it down. So I did six lineups and I had a couple good ones. One one was really good, and we'll talk about the poor one out. And, but uh, it was a good lineup minus the poor one out that I'm going to mention. But so uh, you know that's but when you run when you're doing tournaments and you're and you're just doing about five or six lineups, you really only need one lineup to really to really mash to make money. And that was, that was the, that was the one that was going to mash. It did all right. It cashed and everything pretty good, except for had one bad egg in there, but I, so I'm, I'm cool with it. I can live with it. I was, I mean, I guess the big question here we want to know from week 10 is, I mean, were you blinded when Dan Bach took off that shirt? Was it just as white as we can imagine in our head? Was it like Casper, the friendly ghost over there? That's what we want to know. You pour one out for Derek's eyeballs. Oh, oh, I'm, hey man, no, I, I bet Dan Bog is suffering from some serious sunburn the day after that, because you know that pasty white skin doesn't get out in the, <laughs> it don't get out of the sun that much. You hit it, you hit it with that many UV rays at one time. Oh man, pour one out for his skin. 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a bad combination. That skin and the sun uh, that don't go well together. So, Chop, besides Dan's sunburn, who's your pour one out? You you got one ready? Because oh yeah, yeah, I got a lot of choices. So you guys aren't going to steal my pour one. I out. mean, there was a lot of chalk that that you could pour one out for, but for me, man, I had a super good lineup working, and one of my better plays on the weekend that I thought was going to crush this weekend was Leonard Fournette. And he just took down a really good lineup of mine with that really bad performance. So I'm always a little leery. I mean, we talk about what, in hindsight, what was right and what was wrong. And uh, I would say that it's always, I'm a little leery about playing against a team that just came off a bye. You know, they've had extra time to prepare. They're rested. They're healthy. And uh, and he ran into the Chargers coming off of a bye week, and it really looked like they did, made some adjustments in the run defense, and he just never got loose, man. So poor one out for Leonard Fournette. He, he, he took me down with him. Yeah, had a, had a bunch of Leonard Fournette here as well, so I'll, I'll cheers to that. Derek, pour one out for Week 10. Who do you got? Yeah, I could pour one out for my entire FanDuel lineup with uh, oh, yeah. Fitzpatrick and Antonio and Fournette. But uh, the guy that crushed me on DraftKings was Bilal Powell. I don't think it was necessarily a bad process. I mean, he was 4K, supposed to be the starting running back, getting uh, you know work out of the backfield, but just didn't pan out. You know, McGuire played more snaps than I was expecting, and that game just didn't didn't play out the way I wanted it to one bit. Yeah, my pouring out, again, lots of choices here. I'm going to go with Jordan Howard, though, you know, and looking at that, Green Bay's defense shop, you talked about adjustments. They really loaded up to stop the run, and when you think about it, that makes sense. Trubisky's not going to beat you. These receivers aren't going to beat you. Plus, you got Benny Cunningham working in. Uh, you got Cohen working in. So, you know, the, the thought was Howard's going to get 30 carries. Game script kind of got away from him, and that's the problem with a guy like Jordan Howard. As soon as they're down – Boom, in come these guys. So Green Bay played a little bit better than I expected. That affected Jordan Howard. Just didn't get it done to to the level I thought he would. So Jordan Howard, my poor one out of many choices for Week 10. All right, anything else on last week, guys, you want to hit on, you want to talk about? I know it was a crazy week. Uh, We had a tweet. We should just pour one out for the whole damn week. Uh, I salute that one as well. But any quick thoughts on Week 10 you want to hit on before we move on to Week 11? I'm just ready to get going. Uh, and all the guys at the game that uh, were there with us, none of us had a com- one touchdown combined until the third quarter of any of the games. So that's how bad it was. Yeah, it was it was hard. You were watching your live scoring, you know, and you didn't. It, w- it was pretty ugly there for a while, myself included. I was like, when am I going to get on the board here? You know, no no touchdowns early on. So some ugly football chop. Final thoughts on week ten because we're ready to turn a damn page on that baby. Yeah, just looking back in hindsight, it it probably wasn't a good idea to load up so much like we all did, like everybody did on a game that featured McCown and Fitzpatrick when Fitzpatrick wasn't even, didn't even have his best wide receiver, probably not the best in hindsight to load up on that passing game. But, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, man, but Fitzpatrick is kind of like, uh, I think he kind of just signed with Tampa Bay because he knew he would never be on the field again because Winston's young and was never going to lose his job. And now all of a sudden he's thrown into the starting mix here. And I don't think he was really mentally prepared to play football this year. And I don't, he so maybe not the best process on that Tampa Bay passing game to load up on it. But hey, man, let's just turn the page and, and move on. Yeah, let's let's be done with week 10. I agree with that. So let's move on week 11. So we'll talk to Thursday night game. An interesting game here, guys. So Tennessee and Pittsburgh actually get some good teams here. Two teams 
definitely in the hunt for the AFC. So, Chop, let's start with you. And I always ask you the same question. It's less about who we play, and we're going to hit on that. Always want to get your take on how you're attacking the slate. A lot of times it's easy to say, I'll play the slate, but I'm going to fade this game. Titans and Steelers, there's a lot of ways that you can go here. So what's the process for you, cash games, tournaments? How are we attacking this slate if you're playing the full week? Yeah, for me, this is a week where I don't want to play the full week. I I did last week because I was perfectly fine fading that game. But this week I don't want to play because I don't want to sit there on Thursday night and fade this game. I think this has potential to be a really nice scoring game. And I don't I don't want to be sitting on my couch on Thursday knowing that I'm almost drawing dead uh, headed into the weekend because, I mean, Roethlisberger at home, uh, Antonio Brown coming off a bad a bad week. You know he's going to blow up. Roethlisberger is going to blow up. Le'Veon Bell is always he's the number one back on any slate you give him. Uh, and then on the flip side, the best part about it is Tennessee can push him to the max because I think Mariota slings it around real well in this game. Uh, we've seen an emer- emergence the last couple games from Corey Davis. So there's he's 4.2. It'd be hard to pass up on him and Richard Matthews at 4.5 playing catch up to Pittsburgh. There's so many aspects of this game that I, I would be on board with that I don't want to have to do it. So I'm fading the slate, but I think it's a great game to load up on. All right. Uh, some particular plays for you. You know, you hit on a few there. Uh, anyone really stand out as maybe a fade here? I know a lot of people are going to be on this game. You know, what do we do with the Juju Smith-Schuster? Uh, Martavis Bryant came back, saw five targets. So any particular plays that stand out as must plays or fades for you real quick, Chop? Yeah, must play. I, I must play Antonio Brown in this game. Absolutely no doubt about it. Coming off of a bad week, I would absolutely lock him in. I'd do everything I could to lock in Bell and Brown. Just like people were trying to do last week on the road, would we'll do it this week at home because I don't. I think they're both foolproof this week. They're gonna, they're gonna smash. Yeah, and I hear some talk out there, and it, it kind of shocked me. I don't even remember where it was, but people worried about Antonio Brown. There's too many people that they're throwing to. Look, this guy's a stud. He's the best in the league for a reason. He's going to be fine. I agree 100 percent with you, Chop. I think it's a great bounce back spot. It's not cheap, but find a way to get him in there. Should be lower owned than you think because of the dud last week. Derek, same question to you, buddy. How are we attacking the slate? Must plays, any fades here? Cash games, tournaments. Let's let's hit on this, and we'll turn the page to Sunday. I didn't play the Monday to Thursday slate, and I don't think I'm going to play the full slate either. There are a lot of good uh, plays in this game, but I'd hate loading up on uh, the Thursday game just because the ownership's always higher than it should be. But uh, if I was playing, I think Mariota is definitely interesting at 5,600. We saw him starting to run the ball more last week and uh, really close to a really big game. Uh, the running back stole a couple touchdowns, and then Corey Davis fumbled at like the one-inch line. So re- really close to a big game for Mariota. I like pairing him with Davis. Saw 10 targets last week. He ran a route on every single one of Mariota's dropbacks. So he's going to be the guy moving forward. I uh, love pairing those two together. On the Steelers' side, I think, Chop, now that you go right back to Bell, you go right back to Brown. Uh, I don't hate Smith-Schuster, but for me, it's just those two in this game. I think he's a little overpriced for a wide receiver, too, in this offense. You know, I don't think that production is going to be sustainable. Bell's, or Brown's going to get going. So, for me, Bell, Brown, and on the other side, I like Mariota to Corey Davis. DeMarco Murray, only 4,800. Any interest there, guys? Neither of you guys mentioned him. You know, I know he's coming off that big game, but I worry a little bit about the passing game. Pittsburgh been pretty good, especially at home. They just don't give up production to the quarterback. Any interest in DeMarco Murray under 5K, Derek? No, none for me. Chop? 
No, he. I think he's just so touchdown dependent these days, and he just got his two touchdowns or what, two or three touchdowns the other last weekend. I don't want to have yep. to depend on that again, so I'm out. I, I agree with you completely. I just wanted to bring him up because I think he's going to be a popular play. He's going to save you salary, and, and people see that two touchdowns are going to go back to the well. But this Pittsburgh defense, a lot better than people think. So let's move on to Sunday, guys. we got Lions and Bears. Obviously, the Lions, it was ugly at home against Cleveland. Uh, they were on the ropes, but they got it done. Uh, the Bears lost that game at home to Green Bay. So this one's interesting. The total opened up at a 44 it's already been bet down, Derek, to a 41. So not a lot of fantasy goodness in this one. So what, what do you got here, Lions and Bears? Yeah, not a lot that I like here. The Bears defense really let me down last week against the Packers. I think they bounced back here. I know the Lions are favored, but low total, like you mentioned, it's already coming down. Uh, usually don't like Stafford as much on the road, and Bears have been much better at home over the course of the season. Uh, if you're going to play anyone on the Lions side, I think it's going to be either Tate or Jones, but I'm not too interested in either. I think that's going to be a fade for me. On the Bears side, it just uh, really comes down to whether or not you think they're going to be playing with a lead. I don't think they will be, uh, so I don't, I'm not going to be playing Jordan Howard. He just doesn't catch any balls out of the backfield. Kills his value on a PPR site like DraftKings, and there are a lot of good running backs in this slate. So, I mean, this is a pretty ugly one. I don't think I'm going to have any exposure and I'm not going to feel too bad about it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Golden Tate's intriguing, 6,800. Marvin Jones, uh, I think, has got to bounce back. He was a candidate for my poor one out. You know, just had a rough week. But, you know, that's another one. You had Kenny Galladay back in that lineup to steal some targets away. So a lot of ways Detroit can go through the air. Chop, Lions, Bears, again, the total's gone down three points. That's a big jump down. Any interest in the slow total NFC North game? Not a ton of interest. I would start off on Chicago and say that I probably, ah, man, I mean, you could go back to Jordan Howard again. I don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to totally uh, rain on that parade, but cause I think, well, you think about Jordan Howard, he was probably uh, locked up to get a touchdown right there until his coach challenged that one oh, play goodness. on the one yard line like an <laughs> what idiot. A, what like a horrible idiot. call that was. I mean, that was the worst. Uh, that was one of the – I mean, yeah, you just you can't be satisfied with a first and goal at the one yard line. We kind of just need to challenge it so we make sure we got the touchdown. That's just the worst ever. But who knows how that game goes. If he gets that little touchdown and maybe the game script changes a little bit and he gets more work than, than he ended up getting, but – because of that, he didn't get there. So I wouldn't hate going back to him, although Detroit is really solid against the run since they've been healthy. So uh, you're taking that. But he's at home at least. Uh, that's the only guy I would even entertain on the Chicago side. And on the other side, actually, I agree about the Stafford on the road, like Derek said. So I'm not super stoked about this passing game. I would actually, believe it or not, and it's going to sound crazy, but I may I – may, Think about playing some Amir Abdullah here. They kind of want him to be that guy. The first two downs, they want him to run the ball. He's going to get goal line work, and uh, some at, in some way, shape, or fashion, they got to put up points on Chicago. And Chicago gave up. So Green Bay lost their first running back, Aaron Jones, last week right away. Had to go to Ty Montgomery. He scored on a nice touchdown run uh, before he left the game, too. So they're down to their third string. They were running the ball well on Chicago. Chicago was missing Danny Danny Trevathan. If he's out again, if there's still injuries in that in that linebacking core, I wouldn't hesitate to play Amir Abdullah. It's it's those things. We're at the time of year now where you better be checking 
the inactives list, not just for wide receivers and running backs, you know, in the obvious plays. You got to check them for offensive linemen being out and linebackers being out to make things easier on your on your running game, things like that. So if I get some inactives, I'll take Amir Abdullah again. Yeah, I mean, 4,200 is a great price. Theo Riddick getting more involved in that offense. He's only 4,100. So I, I wouldn't cross this game out. Chop, I agree with you on Jordan Howard. More of a FanDuel play than a DraftKings play. Derek mentioned we know he doesn't catch passes. And if the script is going well, he gets that touchdown. You're exactly right. We're not even we're not even thinking about Jordan Howard. We're going back to the well. But tough matchup on him uh, with the Lions here. So an intriguing game, but I don't know that I'll pull the trigger on any of these guys. It's early in the week, but uh, kind of an ugly game to start us out. Let's go to the next one. Uh, it doesn't get much better here. Jacksonville and Cleveland. Jacksonville, big favorites going into Cleveland. So question here, Derek, Leonard Fournette. I mean, do we go back to the well? Cleveland's been outstanding against the run, the, the number one DVOA team against the run, or is it a passing game for the Jaguars? You know, you got Alan Hearn sitting out. Marquise Lee looks awfully tasty. A guy that's going to get a ton of targets in that offense. Who else, though? Is it D.D. Westbrook? Uh, do we see the tight end run continue here against Cleveland? Does Mercedes Lewis actually become viable here? So you're the Jags fan here of the group. How does Jacksonville get it done in Cleveland? Yeah, so first off, my Jags, man, they're looking good. They are. The I'll, easiest, I'll give you props uh, on that. That defense is for real, man. Yeah, easiest remaining schedule of any team left in the NFL. Uh, don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but uh, I'm looking forward to a playoff run. Let's just say that. And oh, uh, I hope you didn't jinx it right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, if Bortles isn't going to, or if Bortles hasn't jinxed it yet, I don't think they're going to have a problem with me. But uh, good point. But so Fournette, I mean, he just didn't look great last week. They were playing from behind a little bit, so he lost a lot of snaps to TJ Yeldon. He did have a couple of big plays called back. Um, not big plays, but I mean, 15, 20 yard runs. Um, but the problem here is the matchup. I mean, the Browns are ranked second against the run, 27th against the pass. So this sets up as a good spot for Blake Bortles. Hate to say it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to end up using him. We know what happened with our cheap quarterbacks last week. But, I mean, Bortles at 5,200 against one of the worst pass defenses is at least intriguing. No Allen Hearns this week, but, I mean, Marquise Lee should step up. He's been playing well. Sounds like D.D. Westbrook's going to be activated. Um, and, yeah, they got good pass catching running backs. So, I think if I'm going to attack this one, I'll probably play a little bit of Bortles with Marquise Lee. On the other side of the ball, the best way to beat the Jags is on the run, but they've been a lot better since they traded for Marcel Darius. And it's not like we want to play Isaiah Crowell in a game where they're eight-point underdogs. Uh, this sets up the best for Duke Johnson. We saw Austin Eckler have some success catching the ball at the backfield against uh, Jacksonville last week. And it's not like we're going to play you know, Kaiser against this pass defense. So... Duke Johnson's really the only guy on my radar here. He's not uh, necessarily a great play by any means, but he should get uh, at least half the snaps since they're going to be playing from behind. Derek, Mercedes Lewis, yes or no? We know Cleveland's horrible against – even Eric Ebron found the end zone against them. Yeah, I mean, the the Browns and the Giants, you just play That's tight ends it. against them every week. That's it. All right, Chop, let's get to you here. Same questions. You know, I think Marquise Lee going to be popular. I mentioned Westbrook. A name I'm very intrigued with this week is Keelan Cole, 3,800 on DraftKings. This guy's got speed to burn and getting more and more involved in that offense. So you take Hearns away, he's going to be the forgotten man here. So Lee, it feels like a safe cash game play, but willing to take a shot on Keelan Cole. So what are your thoughts here? Jacksonville passing game, do we dare roster Blake Bortles? Do we dare roster Mercedes Lewis? And then Cleveland side, any interest there, Chuck? 
Cleveland, no. I don't have any interest in Cleveland at all, so we can just get that off the table. Jacksonville's defense, man, that is that's the best in the NFL. So I just I do, man, no, not it. A bad offense, no thank you. So for Jacksonville, no, I do not want any Blake Bortles. I don't know. I saw this floating around Twitter today, and you know who you are. You mentioned Blake Bortles. If you're listening, you know who you are. Come on, man. Give me a break, dude. I'll absolutely go back to the Leonard Fournette well again because that's what this team wants to do anyway. I mean, they want to run the ball. They don't want him to pass the ball. And, uh, I mean, I know you mentioned Cole and, and even Westbrook. I understand that they're they're cheap and they're sleepers. But man, he couldn't. He can't deliver the ball accurately to to uh, Allen Robinson when Allen Robinson was healthy. How's he gonna? You know who? How's he gonna magically become good and get the ball to Westbrook downfield or Cole downfield? The only guy I would think about is Marquis Lee, just because he can run shorter routes. But I don't. I don't want any of the passing game. I I take Fournette again because I, I know I understand the Browns have that DVOA, but still, you know they haven't faced a ton of competition. Jarek McKinnon got in the end zone against them two weeks ago, and he racked up six catches. Um, Abdullah got in the end zone against them last week. Those aren't even great running backs, and they found the end zone. So Fournette is a guy who's going to get all the goal line carries. And if they get up in this game, and of course they're going to pound him even more, it's just inevitable that you, you lean on somebody enough, and by the fourth quarter it just takes one of those Fournette runs to break. And he's the king of breaking 75 and 80-yard runs this year. So I'd lean on Fournette, and that's about it. Yeah, nobody's really going to go there. We, you know, we, we keep talking about the DVOA. Everybody knows that by now. And last week he burned a lot of people. So that's an intriguing call. He's going to be one of them high-end running backs that just goes ignored this week. And like you said, Chop, all it takes, one run, and he's gone, and he makes value. All right, next game for us, another low total here. Ravens going into Green Bay, and Baltimore favored on the road here. Just a 38-point total, though, Chop. So you mentioned teams coming off a bye. We have that here with Baltimore. Green Bay got it done in Chicago. Can they make it two in a row here in Baltimore? And again, any fantasy goodness here, low total, I'm not seeing a whole lot I'm interested in. Man, I hate to be just kind of glossing over these games. I know we're getting to some good ones later. I've already looked at the schedule. I know they get really oh, yeah, good, but this coming. is one. They're coming. This, this is, is one that just doesn't. What? And this is, doesn't appeal to me at all, man. Green Bay uh, facing a really good defense. I know they had Hundley looked better last week against Chicago, but boy, Baltimore's a, again a team coming off of a bye week. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have too much to do against that. And and it's a, a rookie quarterback who's a little bit skittish in the pocket so I don't know if I want to go there with any of those guys and then on the flip side Baltimore is just not just doesn't look like a good offense can't trust their passing game they don't throw I think they throw the lowest amount of passes in the whole NFL this year don't want to go there and now I think Danny Woodhead's going to get added to the mix this week which would mean that well Javoris Allen's going to lose targets maybe so now it becomes a three-headed backfield committee so it's just it's a game I can avoid altogether yeah, and the Green Bay running backs, the DraftKings did a good job. You know, Montgomery's questionable. Sounds like he's going to go, but he's 52. And Jamal Williams, if he was a starter, 4,900. So it's not like it's a free square. So I have some interest in Alex Collins, but you're right. If Woodhead's back, it's a three-headed monster. He's kind of just like we talked about with Jordan Howard. You know, if the game script's going well, they want to feed Collins the ball. If things get out of hand, boom, he's out of the game. It's Allen or Woodhead or both. So Collins at 39, intriguing. Derek? Ravens, Packers, what do you got? Very little to like in this one, but the one guy that I don't 
mind in tournaments is Jeremy Macklin. Uh, last three weeks, he has six for 43, three for 53 and a touchdown, and then eight for 98. You know, the Packers have struggled against wide receivers pretty much all year. No interest in the backfield. I do think Woodhead's going to be back. Um, I, he's going to be fun to watch moving forward. But for now, too many bodies uh, split in snaps there. And then on the Packers' side, yeah, nothing to like against this tough Ravens defense. Uh, you know, Devonta Adams does have 23 targets with Brett Hundley under center, and he does have both of his touchdowns. But yeah, for me, I can't play him against the Ravens. So it's pretty ugly. Guys, you, did you ever think you'd see a day where Jordy Nelson is 4,700 on DraftKings? <laughs> and we, and and we, we didn't, didn't even bring it up. up. We didn't even talk about him. Uh, just that's crazy. I mean, uh, the offense didn't look great. They got it done, but I like the Macklin call. Forty five hundred, still a bad secondary, but not a lot to love in that one. Moving on, we got Arizona. We got Houston. Derek, another low oh, total here, you know, thirty nine and a half. So I don't know what Arizona's doing. We, we might get some Blaine Gabbert. It sounds like, and I'm seeing some talk about Blaine Gabbert out there. So Chop, you, you, you gave a come on man about some Bortles, Blaine Gabbert. That's really where we're going here, Blaine Gabbert against Tom Savage. So, Derek, find us something here, or, or let's move on to some of these better games. Yeah, I mean, Gabbert's got to be better uh, than Drew Stanton back there. So, But I'm not going to be using him on the road in his first start of the season if he ends up getting the nod. Just no interest there, no interest in Adrian Peterson. You know, really tough matchup against the Texans. We usually only like to play him when they're going to be playing from ahead, and who knows how this game's going to play out. Uh, pretty close spread. So for me, pretty much an avoid on Arizona's side. Uh, you know, last week I said I didn't mind DeAndre Hopkins end up having a decent game uh, just because he got targeted so much. But no chance of that this week against Patrick Peterson. Even with Will Fuller, if he's out, I still don't think Hopkins. I don't think I can do it. Uh, Peterson's just been the best cornerback uh, other than Jalen Ramsey in the NFL this season. So I want no part of that or Savage or or this running game. So you got to play Arizona roulette with the receivers there you, you got to pick one because houston they've given up a lot of deep balls a lot of production who is it which which arizona receiver you have to pick one that's the rules of the game who is it going to be uh i'll pick john brown i mean he played uh you know season high in snaps in his last game and they're coming off the bye so this could be the healthiest he's been all year all right, let's go over to Chop. Step right up, young man. Who is your pick for Russian roulette on the Cardinals receivers? Then we'll get your breakdown of the game. Yeah, if it's uh if Blaine Gabbard gets a start, it would be John Brown. He's got he's got more of a chance to get it downfield to John Brown than uh than Drew Stanton does. If Drew Stanton starts, then he'll just pepper Larry Fitzgerald again. And I don't mind, you know. One of these, you know, depending on the quarterback, like I just said, this Texan secondary is not good right now. Uh, they, they can't really rush the passer anymore with wide out and merciless out. And they're just kind of falling apart in the secondary. So I don't mind one of those receivers, depending on the quarterback. Don't even mind Blaine Gabbard if he gets to start at 4.9. I don't mind Blaine Gabbard. He's got weapons. You just need, you know, he just and he can run and he will run the ball. And uh, that's kind of the whole reason why everybody was willing to roster Kevin Hogan here back in week four or five was because he runs the ball. So, and it, it was against Houston. I remember that game, Kevin Hogan against Houston. Oh, yeah, Houston plays top, man to man. You, you said, oh, why do they roster Kevin Hogan? And clearly, yeah, we didn't but learn I think, anything. I think Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> You're Blaine, going right Blaine, back to the well. Back back then, Houston was healthy on defense, and they were a good defense. 
they're, they've fallen apart right now. I mean, they are, they are not good at all. They've lost their two best players, and then they're just beat up and worn down, and they've pretty much given up right now on the season, I think. So I, I think you can get some – and Arizona, the best thing about it, I'll keep bringing it up, but I think it means something. It's worked for me in years past. You know, teams with a little bit of extra rest, uh, with a week by uh, and things like that, come out the gates – really nice that next game most of the time. So if it's a smart coaching staff and they had some extra time to prepare, I'm willing to uh, take a chance on them. So yeah, I'm, I'm willing to take a chance on something like that. But for the Houston Texans side, oh man, Ooh, no, thank you. I would actually say that Arizona might be my number one defense this week. They can rush the passer. They've got a shutdown guy that can lock up Hopkins. He'll still try to force it to Hopkins, which is a terrible idea. And he's a statue in the pocket. This is the number one defense, I think, in in the fantasy this week. I'm smelling a bold call on Blaine Gabbert from Chop later in the show. So <laughs> oh no, we'll man! If, I we'll didn't see if that comes I didn't true. see that. <laughs> it would be super bold. Oh, that would be bold. All right, all right. Let's move on to a good game here, and guys, I'm I'm intrigued with this one. You know, more as a football fan, Rams Vikings, both teams playing extremely well right now. Here's my question, Chop. The total is 46. The key players in this game, though, don't match up against the other team. You talk early, Minnesota pretty good against the run. You talk about some of those Minnesota receivers, Rams very good against the pass. So high total, should be a competitive game, should be a fun game to watch. Question for you, where is the fantasy production coming from in this one? You know, I I like these kind of games because uh, the there's going to be offense in, in here and it's just it's too high power. These might be. I mean, there's four teams in the NFC that I think have a legit shot at the Super Bowl, uh, and these are two of them right here. So this is like a heavyweight match. They're going to they're going to score points, and I think it's still going to come from your stud players. It's just the way it is. Uh, I don't think the defenses like Minnesota's got a good defense, but Sean McVay is so smart. And he gets he gets the ball to his studs in such good position. I have no doubt that Ty Gurley can still come out here and have a great game at the end of it. We're going to look at the end of this game and say, man, why didn't we play Gurley? Because uh, Minnesota has a good rushing defense? Yeah, but didn't we see the 10 receptions coming? Because that's what will happen. He'll get his guy the ball in space where he can make plays. So I'm going to stick with the studs. I think it's a high-scoring game. I'll stick with the Ty Gurley. I'll stick with one of the receivers. I'm I know Woods is the man right now, but I'm not sold in the long run. It's still not Sammy Watkins as the better wide receiver. So maybe it's maybe it's Sammy Watkins who doesn't draw Xavier Rhodes. And if that's the case, that's the way I would go with it. If it's if it's uh, Watkins that draws Rhodes, I'll take Woods. There, he's going to find a way to score. It's going to be the studs. And so I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that on the flip side. I think this could be a good Jarek McKinnon game. Uh, we, we've seen a little bit of Latavius Murray recently, but in a game like this, I don't think you're just going to pound that slow-footed Murray into the line. I think it's going to take a little bit of speed, so McKinnon will be in there. And I have no I have no problems with uh, finding, latching on to either Diggs or Thielen as the stud wide receiver. And it's really a toss-up as to which one it is, but I think one of them. One of them, you just pick the side and you latch on to it because somebody will have a good game here. Yeah, if you had that Vikings onslaught there uh, in Washington last week, you, you made some money on that one, no doubt. So. And I heard some talk earlier today, I was watching the NFL Network, and you were talking about Watkins. Don't play him because he's going to play against Xavier Rhodes. Chop, I think you're right. Robert Woods is the better receiver right now. It would make more sense for them to put him on him. I agree, Watkins is a more talented guy, but uh, that's one you definitely want to look at. 
and take the other guy, maybe even a little Cooper Cup. But uh, interesting to see how those matchups play out. So, Derek, same question. Interesting game, but where are you going for DFS purposes in this one? Yeah, so on the Vikings side, you know, we, we try not to be too results-oriented, doing what we do, but uh, we should have seen the big game from Adam Thielen coming last week. We know the Redskins have two great cornerbacks uh, on the outside, and Thielen does most of his work over the middle. Wish I would have played more than him. Uh, probably should have seen that one come a little bit more, but uh, don't mind going back to him or Diggs in tournaments. A little expensive for cash games. We know Rams have really good defense overall. I don't mind the McKinnon call by Chop. I do think he's going to get a little bit more work in this one. I do always worry that Murray is just going to get the first crack, you know, at, at the goal line and, uh, you know, first crack at first or second down. But I don't think he's going to be effective here. So I do think McKinnon is going to have the better game. On the Rams side, yeah, I'm with Chop on this one too. I like Gurley quite a bit. 8,400 seems like a lot against this defense on the road. But, you know, they've kind of, you know, taken their foot off the gas when it comes to Gurley uh, in the second half of the last couple games. So I think he's going to be in for a full workload here. I like his uh, pass game involvement. And uh, I'm not really touching these receivers. Robert Woods did get shadowed by the uh, Texans' best cornerback last week. I think it was Jonathan Joseph. So if that happens again, that could open things up for Watkins or Cup. But for me, I'm probably just going to be avoiding them and uh, playing a lot of Gurley. Yeah, really looking forward to watching that game. You know, see, are the Rams for real? You know, Minnesota, tough place to play. But like I said, those are some of the heavyweights, Chop. I'm excited for that one, see how it plays out. Let's go to another one. We got a nice game here with a high total of 51. Washington traveling to New Orleans. So this is one where the total's been bet up a couple points and Derek, them Saints are, are looking good. I, I continue to bang my head against the wall and roster Drew Brees. Even got a tweet. When the hell are you going to stop recommending Drew Brees? Is it time? You know, do it, is it just a running game, or is this a spot where Brees can get it going in the passing game? Or you know, how does this one break down for the Saints? And then the Redskins, you know, tough loss at home to Minnesota. How do they respond? Can they put some points on the board here against Saints defense that's playing extremely well at this time as well? I think the biggest problem with Breeze this season isn't really the fact that the running game's crushing. It's just the fact that their defense has been so good. I mean, they're building such big leads that they don't really need Breeze to do a whole lot. We know Ingram and Kamara both catch the ball to the backfield, really good at that. So, I mean, I think if the game stays close, I do think this could be a good Breeze game. Uh, this is a high line. we got an eight-point spread, but 6,800 is more than reasonable for him. If enough value opens up, you know, he'll be on my radar in cash games. Uh, I generally like to pay down at quarterback. But I do think he's going to have a big game here soon. As for the running backs, I mean, 8,100 for Ingram and 7,500 for Kamara. It's kind of funny how much we overreact uh, week to week. You know, I think we mentioned on the pod last week that Ingram still outsnapped Kamara that week when uh, Kamara had that big game. And then Ingram comes back last week and has the monster game. So I think they're both fine. I'm not sure I'm going to necessarily look at either one. Um, uh, but yeah, the, like I just said, uh, the best way to beat the Redskins through the air is over the middle. So, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think Michael Thomas could be in for you know a lot of work. He hasn't been going as deep this year. They got Ted Ginn to run a lot of their deep routes. Thomas has been a target monster. He just hasn't found the end zone. I think he has some positive touchdown regression coming. His price is more than affordable at 7400 on DraftKings. On the other side of the ball, um, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is interesting. We typically like him on the road, and we typically like uh, to target running games against the Saints, but there's no way they're, no they're going to be able to run the ball in this one. Uh, P. Ryan is not a you know, great running back in the NFL. They're going to be playing from behind. So I like uh, Chris Thompson. I think he's going to see a lot of snaps in this one. 5,400 for a back that could see 10-plus targets. 
I hope he flies under the radar a little bit, um, but he's going to be one of my favorite running back plays of the week. Probably won't be using Josh Doxson. He could end up uh, running routes against Marcus Lattimore, who's been awesome this year. So if you want to look at Jamison Crowder, Vernon Davis, or uh, you know even Jordan Reed if he comes back, then I don't mind that. All right, Chop, your turn here. So Saints playing some good football right now. You know where where they go? Uh, their team total right around thirty in this game, so they're going to score some points. Is it all a running game? Do we get some Drew Brees and then Washington? Derek, I'm with you. I love Chris Thompson this week. Any other plays that stand out for you on the skins, Chop? Yo, I'm gonna have to call a quick timeout here and uh, use my third and wrong on on this on this particular segment right here. And my third and wrong is is the New Orleans Saints, man. I totally I totally left them for dead after the first two weeks of the season. You know, they got beat up bad by Minnesota and then at home against New England. And I thought same old defense, terrible defense. They just tried to plug in some young guys, didn't work. And uh, Drew Brees is 40 years old. And then they acquired a 40-year-old Adrian Peterson, just not working, just not going to work. They're going to be terrible. And, man, was I wrong on that one. My gosh. These guys are one of those four teams I mentioned in the NFC that have a legit Super Bowl uh, aspirations. So, uh I was wrong, man. I'm sorry, Drew. I doubted you. And that's a that's an Austin guy too, man. He's from right up the road in Austin, Texas. So I, I apologize, Drew. I should have known better. But here we are, man. Saints totally, you know, re-identified themselves here with this running game over the last seven weeks or so. It's pretty crazy the way they've done it. So um, I don't know, man. It's tough to it's tough not to at least look in the direction of Ingram or Kamara, just because. It's not even those guys. It's this offensive line that's so good at run blocking that you could put a lot of different running backs behind there, and they're going to have big-time years. So I know Washington's good against the run, but, man, there's so many weapons that you have to defend against New Orleans. It, it's hard to take it all away, so the running game ends up prospering. I know Derek mentioned uh, over the middle is a weak spot for Washington, so I don't want to use my bold call here, but I'll use a, a half a bold call. Kobe Fleener has a season-high <laughs> – Two catches this week. He goes. He jumps up. He jumps up to two catches. So there's there's a mini bold call. But I mean, yeah, I'm I'm with I'm on board with Michael Thomas. I'm on board with Ted Ginn because it's it's that kind of a a receiver that that will beat Washington, the fast guy. And they're they're letting Ted Ginn catch the ball a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, which is going to be good in this game for for his production. So I'm on board with that. And I mean, there's so many weapons there. It's tough to pinpoint New Orleans. They could go any any which way and score a bunch of points. On the flip side, I would say I do like Kirk Cousins quite a bit in this game. What I don't like is trying to pair him with somebody just because there's so many weapons. And obviously, we got to be afraid that Doxon's going to get locked up with Lattimore, which would be terrible because Lattimore's been really good. Uh, so maybe we, we see Jamison Crowder get, get loose. If Jordan Reed were to be healthy this week and be starting, I'd be all over Jordan Reed because I think he would have a monster game. If not, then I'll, I'll, I'll take some Vernon Davis, but only because I know Kirk Cousins has a good game here. I just, it's trying to figure out who he's going to get it to. So I'm down, I'm down with Chris Thompson too. I think this passing game is going to excel for Washington this week. Yeah. And I'm with you on the running backs chop. They're big home favorites. And we know that's a spot to target running backs. These guys have been phenomenal. I know it's a split committee, but it reminds me a lot of Atlanta last year. You, 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 there's days you can roster Freeman and Coleman in the same lineup. I saw a lot of that in tournaments this weekend, and it paid off. I mean, it's six touchdowns on the ground for this team. So that's their MO. That's how they want to win games, and the prices are going up, but maybe not high enough on these guys. So 
Uh, interested in a lot in this game. I think the passing game in, a t- in, in play as well, but those running backs awfully intriguing. All right, let's go to Kansas City and the Giants. My God, Chop, how, how does Ben McAdoo still have a job here? You know, they're, they're supporting him. He's our guy. I don't get it. And this feels like the lock of the century for Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. We know the Giants can't stop a tight end. At all. Garrett Selleck went out and had a big day. So I, I, I like the Alex Smith to Tyree Kill this week. I think a lot of people are going to focus on Kelsey. I think that may leave those guys maybe a little bit less so. Maybe not Smith, but maybe Tyree Kill flies under the radar a little bit. But feels like a week to just load up on your Chiefs this week. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Uh, I guess we could – I mean, we could start off with the Giants. It's it's pretty it's pretty. I think you could still turn to Evan Ingram because he is like a little wide receiver. Is all he is. He's not really a tight end. He's he's a wide receiver with tight end eligibility. And Sterling Shepard looked like we kind of thought he was going to look. You know, going to get a bunch of work in garbage time and catch a bunch of passes in garbage time. So it's all good. Uh, I think what we kind of forgot about last week with or- Orleans Darkwa was that. Yes, it was a great matchup against San Francisco, but the New York Giants might not be leading a game for the rest of the year, so renders him pretty much useless. Uh, but I think you could turn to the two pass catchers for New York and hope you get some garbage time there. And for Kansas City, yeah, they're going to pick whatever route they want to take to win this game. So, I mean, I'm looking at Travis Kelsey and that price tag, and I know everybody knows he's the lock of the century here, but will people – pay 7.3 for a tight end when that's basically a good wide receiver number. So maybe he ends up being a little bit less owned than what he probably should be considering that he's a big play tight end. The New York Giants give up big plays to tight ends. And so I don't know, man. It seems like I'll look at the ownership when it comes closer to Sunday kickoff. But if he, if he's, if I catch a whiff of him being under-owned, I'll lock him in because he's virtually a a number one wide receiver at this point in this offense. And as far as the other guys, you just, you know, they could pick their poison with whatever they want to do, whether it's Hunt or Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. It's just, they're going to do what they want in this game. Yeah. Giants have cashed it in, man. They're done. The Niners punch you in the mouth. You're hurting. So Derek, all the chiefs, uh, who are your favorites there? And and I think Chop mentioned the two guys on the Giants. We know who they're throwing to. Ingram and Shepard. There's not much else there. So, Interest level in those two guys yeah, as well. Chiefs onslaught is definitely in play here. Everyone's going to look to the pass catchers, and I'll get to them in a second. But, I mean, Kareem Hunt, got to like him. I mean, they're 10.5-point favorites. They're facing one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. He's coming off a string of tough matchups. He had the Steelers, then he had the Broncos. Uh, the game against the Raiders, he played pretty well. And then the game against the Cowboys, they were playing from behind, and Sharkandrish West came in and stole a bunch of snaps. So, I'm expecting a nice bounce-back game from Hunt. He's only 8000 on DraftKings. Uh, we know the type of upside that he has. Um, and then Tyree Kill, I think he's definitely interesting in tournaments. I do think uh, uh, Travis Kelsey's going to have more ownership. Uh, and I know home row splits are a little bit noisy here, but uh, you know, at home this season, he's averaging 37 yards, and he's yet to score a touchdown. On the road, he's averaging 93 receiving yards, and he has four touchdowns. To go along with 34 rushing yards. So if you want to play the home road split, you got that angle. We know this is a defense that can get beat deep. Uh, we know they, they're they really bad against tight ends if you want to play Kelsey. I think you can play all three of these guys. I think most of my lineups this week are going to have one, two, or three uh, Chiefs, you know, whether it be Smith, Hunt, Hill, or Kelsey. On the Giants' side of the ball, it's really just Sterling Shepard for me. 
you know, he's going to avoid Marcus Peters. They're going to move him around. Marcus Peters doesn't move, uh, doesn't shadow. I think Evan Ingram's interesting. I don't think a lot of people will pay that much for him, uh, but he's going to see a lot of targets as well. But for me, Sterling Shepard going to keep playing him, especially since his price, uh, you know, isn't that high at 6300 yeah, getting a ton of targets. So, you know, he's even in the cash game consideration. If they're playing from behind, those two guys should see a lot of work in that passing game. I don't know how long it's going to be until they bench Eli Manning, but I think that's coming sooner than later too. So He's terrible, man. He's <laughs> terrible. Uh, can we get Can we just go ahead and I mean, I know it's not a big secret to the fantasy community, but, you know, some people outside of that may still look at Eli as a Super Bowl winner, but how lucky was this guy to grab a couple Super Bowls back in the day? Because he's terrible right now, man. He's just yeah, – he's, he's ugly. His brother, you know, it, he, he should have a bunch more Super Bowl titles. So, just yeah, it, I think we get Davis Webb sooner rather than later. So, you know, Eli, I know a lot of people. I had him in some lineups last week. He was cheap and just continues to struggle. You know, the, the guy's not good and, and nobody wants to play on that team. So, pretty easy to write off uh, the Giants this week against the Chiefs. All right, next game. Another ugly one, guys. Pretty low total in this one as well. We got Tampa Bay. We got Miami. Miami looked bad. Chop. They, they got throttled by the, the Cam Newton show. So can they respond? Can they get off the mat here in Tampa Bay? You mentioned it. You know, a lot of people, including us, were on that game last week. You kind of look back and say, why? Is this a spot where you go back to Fitzpatrick? We got Mike Evans coming back. I think it's a great spot for him against Miami. So thoughts real quick on this game. Yeah, I, I'm. It's, oh, dang, man, my bad. <laughs> I just dropped something. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the game, and it's it's the battle of like two teams that that uh that have pretty much. I think they're probably given up, right? I don't want to presume here, but Tampa had a lot of high hopes, and they've hit. I mean, they're terrible right now. I, I can't see how they're really fully engaged anymore. And in Miami, we know what they are. We just saw them. What, as we do this podcast, we just saw him last night get just throttled by Carolina. So, yeah. Ah, man. The problem I have with Mike Evans or Deshaun Jackson or, well, I'm not even going to mention Adam Humphreys because I know that kind of hurts Derek, right? That hurts his feelings when I mention Adam Humphreys. But the, the problem. I ended up. Oh, did you? Oh, well done, young Too man. bad well I didn't done. get that memo from you on the, on the OG What's follow up podcast. Comment, Once comment section. Got ruled comment out, section. I went with Powell, and then I had all that extra money. Okay. All right. Makes you sense. You do but that update video on the grind, Donnie. I know, man. Put your, the boy in the there. OGs, Put your man. boy on your lap. Put your boy on your lap and give us an update. I'm fading Humphreys now, so I'm not on him either. The problem they all have is that they got Fitzpatrick throwing to him, and I'm just, I'm just leery that Fitzpatrick is kind of cashing his checks and he's not really he doesn't really want a quarterback I mean he's an old guy I think he took the job just to be a backup you know thinking Winston was the the present and the future he doesn't get hurt that often and I'm not gonna have to quarterback and now he is and so I don't know if they I mean Cameron Braid oh you could pour one out for him last week too that was terrible he just no he can't get the ball to anybody so I don't know I did I I do have a, a feeling that maybe Doug Martin maybe has a good game here I mean, when Carolina runs it down your throat with that bad offensive line, maybe there's something to Doug Martin this week, you know? So uh, Doug Martin would be a guy I look at. I'll look at Mike Evans, too. The other guys are totally off the board, but this could be a Doug Martin game. Miami, I don't know what to think about them. I guess they're still out there trying to rack up some stats, so I think you can go back to Landry or Parker. Uh, I don't know if I want to 
do anything else with these guys. Uh, I don't know if there's enough room to feed like three or four guys on your fantasy team. So I would just probably limit it to Landry and Parker. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ugly. So, uh, Derek, what do you think? Yeah, so everyone was expecting a shootout last week from the Jets and Bucks, and so this is the game that's going to shoot out. I just know it. I'm, not, I'm telling you, it's a pretty much a similar situation. Both defenses are garbage. Teams don't have anything to play for. So I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have some exposure. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is interesting. Um, we're all going to be in Nashville this weekend, right? All right. Oh, yeah. So, Looking forward oh, to it. Oh, good. I get to, I get the I get the personalized so notorious uh, update then on let's Sunday make morning. A bet. Let's all uh let's all pick a quarterback under fifty five hundred and uh loser by shots. Well Chop's got uh Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> I'll take that if if you're telling me, notorious, if you're I'm telling me you're taking Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. Okay, oh, I'll play I'll play my Blaine Gabbert. Quarterback here now. You got you guys keep talking. I'll all find right, somebody. So, uh, by the by the way, while, while he's looking for a quarterback, by the way, uh, on uh, on Saturday night at the at the party, all shots. <laughs> That's <on>. true. <laughs> Whoever loses is going to be fine uh, with the free alcohol. But uh, but yeah, so Fitz, I like him to bounce back this week. He missed a couple big plays. Uh, didn't look great, but you know he was trying to press a little bit against his former team, and uh, he's going to have Mike Evans back. So I think he's going to be fine at fifty three hundred. Miami's just terrible defensively, uh, especially against the pass. So I like him to bounce back a little bit. On the Dolphins' side, you know both the running backs are at least a little interesting if we are star for value. Kenny Drake's played well. He's has a couple touchdowns. Damian Williams also played well, and they both can catch the ball out of the backfield. We know Cutler just likes to dump it off to his running backs. Um, don't mind going to Landry or Parker. Parker's seen at least eight targets in every game that uh, he hasn't been hurt in this season. We know Landry's a target monster as well. So I actually think this game uh, has some sneaky fantasy goodness to it. All right, I found my quarterback. Uh-oh. Maybe I'll go a little Kellen Clements. Wait a minute. I, I, can't, <laughs> I was I like, can't, what did I, I miss? <laughs> I was going to say, still in the, we're in moving the... out of that game, but I, I'm going to go with Blake Portals. Oh, Blake man. Blake Portals, that, that's my guy there. Under that's, that's a win-win for me. Jags win? or? <laughs> you know, you, there you go. Yeah, he has should, a big day. You know, you're, we should you're do Hattie B's instead of shots. Maybe buying shots. Oh, yeah, I've oh, never been. Change your life. I'm excited. Yeah, that's what I hear. So let's move on. Bills, Chargers, I got chicken on the brain here. I got Kellen Clemens on the brain. Phillip Rivers, concussion protocol, so just keep an eye on that one. You know, we may get Clemens here. It's still early in the week, but Bills, Chargers, another game, guys. I think there's some goodness here. I'm going to use my third and wrong here on Melvin Gordon. You know, I loaded up on him against Jacksonville. Let's be honest. Austin Eckler, and a lot of people may not know who this guy is. He's been the better running back, Derek. I mean, the guy can play. I don't think this is a fluke. So I think he's worked himself into at least a, a share of this workload. Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, Melvin Gordon, I, I was dead wrong on him against the Jags. So does he bounce back? Any interest there? And then the Bills got slaughtered at home by the Saints, now have to travel across the country, play the Chargers. And they respond coming off of that beat town uh, at home against the yeah, Melvin Gordon's a tough one for me. I love the matchup against the Bills. Uh, ever since they traded away Darius to the Jaguars, their uh, run defense has just been terrible. They're 31st against the run now in DVOA. But Gordon's a guy that's just relied on you know volume for so long. You know He's never been that efficient. He does catch the ball pretty well in the backfield. But now that Eckler's taking a lot of that work, he's a, he's a tough sell for fantasy. 
Uh, you know, Gordon's snap count over the last three weeks, 69, 59, and 68%. Definitely not, uh, you know, in the 80 to 90 range that we saw him a lot last year. So I actually like Eckler a little bit more. I don't think he's a cash game player or anything like that, but I think he's interesting at 4,500. Uh, made some really good plays last week against the Jags. If Rivers is uh, healthy, I don't mind going to Keenan Allen. 5,900 for him is really reasonable. Uh, you can't expect much out of him last week against Jalen Ramsey and company. So I think, uh, you know, he's an interesting bounce back spot. We've seen the Bills give up some big games to wide receiver ones. And that's about it. I mean, Henry Henry, keep waiting for him to break out, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, same for Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, those guys. As for the Bills, you know, I just, man, they were crushed last week by the by the Saints. Ten things to go back to the Sean McCoy at 7,800, but he's, you know, they've kind of just given him the last couple games off. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I can pull the trigger. They're underdogs in this one. Uh, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, easy pass for me. Same with the rest of their receivers. Charles Clay would probably be my favorite play of the bunch at 3,900. Um, you know, he should see a full set of snaps this week. But for the most part, I just like, uh, you know, the Chargers side of the ball. Yeah, McCoy, I mean, 7,800 is not a terrible price for him. But just the last two games have not gone well for him. So I think it's a nice bounce back spot. Absolutely love that price on Keenan Allen. We haven't seen him have a big game, but uh, this could be the spot. If it's Clemens, I'm a little more hesitant. If it's Rivers, uh, I think he's in the cash game consideration, Keenan Allen, that is. All right, Chop Bills, Chargers, what do you got? Yes, the Chargers, just what you just said about Phillip Rivers. If he's healthy, then I want Keenan Allen in this game. And if he's not, then I don't need any of the I don't need any of those wide receivers. I definitely don't trust Kellen Clemens, but I have no problems going back to Melvin Gordon and I'm and I know Derek is uh, more of the cash game player, so he's going to play safety and floors and things like that. He's going to have more interest in that than I am. So I could take a chance, and I'll take a chance on Melvin Gordon because, uh, yeah, I think that he's he's a guy who is going to get fed a little bit more this week. I think uh, he's a little bit upset. He His role was diminished last week, and then and this is a matchup he can take advantage of. So – I'll go back to Melvin Gordon and hopefully not to not to offend Derek. He's a good player and all, but I'm hoping everybody thinks like Derek and stays away from him. That's great in tournaments when you get a guy like that. And next thing you know, he, he resumes his regular normal role and he picks you up two or three touchdowns out of nowhere and, and you're you're you know, you're riding high in tournaments. So that's how I would treat the Chargers for the Bills. This is a one hundred percent fade for me. The Chargers looked a lot better last week against the run. I uh, don't like LaShawn McCoy going on the road. He's not he's just not as good on the road anyway. So, And Tyrod Taylor just doesn't have the weapons to make anything happen in the passing game. Kelvin Benjamin, not necessarily a good wide receiver. So I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not putting him, I'm not boosting up Tyrod Taylor because Kelvin Benjamin's there. He's, he's just not good. So I want to, I can fade the whole thing and feel pretty comfortable with it. All right, let's move on. This one we can be quick, guys. We're kind of running long here. We got a couple good games behind this one. So Bengals going to Denver. Chop, I don't I don't see a lot here. You know, AJ Green had finally got it done. You know, caught that late touchdown and kind of salvaged his day. But we know Denver, some good corners there. Is this a spot for Joe Mixon? And then what does Denver do? You know, at home against Cincinnati. They just don't look good. So this one should be quick, easy. What do you got? Bengals, Broncos. Bengals or a pure 100% fade. I don't need any any piece of that. And for Denver, uh, you could take a chance on Sanders or Thomas. I would kind of prefer Sanders, but after that, man, it's there's nothing there's nothing there. So, 
yeah, I'm uh, I'm not too intrigued in this game outside of maybe Emmanuel Sanders. All right, Derek, same questions to you. Chop doesn't want any mix in 4K is a nice price. I know Denver's been great against the run, so a little hesitant there, even at a good price. Uh, I like the Sanders call. I had a good week, so Bengals, Broncos. Yeah, pretty much got? just uh, repeat what Chop said. Like Sanders from the Broncos side, nothing really uh, interests me on the Bengals side, even though Mixon is getting more snaps each week, but you know, I just can't do it. Uh, against the Broncos. All right, let's go to Mexico City. We got Patriots, we got Raiders, and another high-altitude game here for the Patriots. So funny how the NFL sets them up uh, from Denver to Mexico City. Interesting there. But, uh, Derek, this one should be fun. You know, huge total here. Patriots are in that mode. They just look unstoppable. Now they get a Raiders defense that can't stop anybody. Who is it on the Patriots you want? Who is it you don't want? And then the Raiders side, I think there's some intriguing plays yeah, there Yeah, this as one's well. definitely going to be a fun one. I just hope there's no elevators to catch on fire. Uh, yeah, let's not have that. Yeah, no, no I mean, fires. I'll never forget that night uh, in Mexico City. Just keep keep, keep <laughs> out, out of the out stadium. Of we'll be all right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think both passing games are just going to, uh, you know, have big games. I don't expect a lot of a lot of running in this one. Love Tom Brady. think you can pair him up. With pretty much any of his pass catchers. I uh, love Gronk to bounce back. Raiders have struggled against tight ends all year. Uh, you know, Rex Burke had 52% of the snaps last week, saw 13 touches. It'll be interesting to see if Mike Gillisley is a healthy scratch again. If that's the case, you can kind of bump up the other three uh, running backs for New England. John Lewis is a guy that's going to see, you know, 13, 14 carries a week. We know he's a good pass catching running back. They haven't really been using him that way this year, but think that's a reasonable price for him james white always uh in play on a full ppr site and then uh cooks hogan if he's back if not amandola is fine on the raiders side it'll be interesting to see who the who the patriots uh, sell out to stop in this one whether it's cooper or crabtree i'll probably end up having exposure to both i think uh 6k for cooper and 5900 for crabtree very reasonable in a game that's going to be you know should be a shootout so I'll probably have a lot of exposure to both, but probably not on the same lineups. And definitely don't mind pairing them with Carr. Uh, Patriots, you know, their defense has been better lately, but uh, they're still ranked 30th in DVA against the pass. So love those guys. And uh, don't mind Jared Cook, although he's more of a fan to play for me. 4,800 on DraftKings is a little steep. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another third and wrong here because I can. And this one hurts. But when my boy Gillisley was, was a healthy scratch, I mean – I was all in on Mike Gillisley, and after week one, was taking hell of victory laps and kind of blowing up in my face. So, Mike Gillisley, you are killing me, bro. But uh, I think we've we've seen the last of him. Lewis looks great. Burkhead looking good. We know what White does. So, all right, chop Patriots, Raiders, and Mexico City should be a fun one. Could be a shootout, and the Raiders hanging this one. Well, first of all, we don't have to worry about any elevator fires in Mexico City because Condi is – he's retired from DFS. He's, yep, we're he's safe. Trying to, he's out there trying to make the PGA Tour with his with his banana yellow Corvette, man. So we're cool. We're cool. We don't have to worry about that. So, I, I mean, at least we're lucky that we're, we're already getting kind of screwed here by the NFL these days. We're only getting like two or three afternoon games anymore, which is terrible, you know, no balance in the in the schedule. So uh, we'll at least we'll be sitting in the bar in Nashville. At least we'll have one good game to watch, which is New England and Oakland, because the other ones kind of suck on on the afternoon slate. But uh, I'm I'm I think this is a good game to target. Uh, I actually don't want any piece of the running game from either one of these teams. I know 
you know, notorious. You mentioned a lot of New England backs. I'm not going to trust any of them this week. I think it could go any direction. So I'm going to stick with uh, the wide receivers here. Tom Brady to Brandon Cooks. If Hogan is still injured, if he if he's out, that'd be great. Uh, it would really clear clear the air for me. I, then I would load up on Brandon Cooks. But if Hogan is in, then I could use a combination of both. Uh, don't want to pay for Gronkowski. I would rather pay for Kelsey. So it's going to be one of those things. It's you may get Gronkowski at super low ownership. Nobody's going to roster him with Kelsey on the board. So could you could go that route? And on the flip side, Oakland. I like their passing game too. You just have to flip a coin and figure out: Do you want to take Cooper or do you want to take Crabtree? Because I think we've seen that they both don't really ever prosper together. It's either one or the other. So you kind of, you know, you got to take, take a stand right there and figure it out. But that I like the passing game and passing games in this game. Yeah. Oakland 28th against the tight end. So if you're, if you're telling me I'm going to get Gronk low owned, you know, I'm going to be all over that. I love the cooks call. He feels too cheap on DraftKings 6,600. So uh, he's one of my favorite receivers there, but certainly a game. We always say you have to have exposure. This is one. If they're currently winning, we'll start shrinking very quickly. Uh, if you don't have any exposure to this game. So let's move on. Two games left. We've got Sunday night. Chop, we got a good one. You know, you're the Dallas fan here. So Eagles coming into town. Dallas didn't look great in Atlanta. Is that the loss of Ezekiel Elliott? So explain that to us. Any chance the Cowboys put up a fight here against Philly? And I'm sure that's your fourth team uh, you talk about in the NFC. They look good. They continue to roll. And Jay uh, looks like a great play this week. Uh, he's cheap, should be the feature back here. So a lot on the Philly side, Chop. Anything on the Dallas side? Yeah, it's going to be tough for Dallas with all the injuries, man. If uh, I'm not even worried about Elliott. I think they could overcome that. But if they can't get their, their starting tackle back, Tyrone, Tyrone Smith, they're, they're in big trouble against this defense. And on the other side, Sean Lee looks like he's going to miss the game, so it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the defense all around. So the Dallas is going to – if they're struggling with injuries in this game, then I, no, I don't, I'm not sure that they can – hold up to Philadelphia here. And, you know, if I got word that Tyrone Smith was out and, and Sean Lee was out, I'd load up on that Philadelphia minus three in a heartbeat, man, even on the road, because that's, that's, we just saw what Atlanta did without Smith in there and Philly can pressure the passer just as good. So that'd be rough uh, for Philadelphia, man, pick your poison here. Yeah. I, I do think they score points, but you're, that's not that's not the hard part. The hard part is figuring out: is it going to be Ajayi? Is it going to be Jeffrey Aguilar or Zach Ertz? They got so many weapons to go to. You've got limited touchdowns. I mean, if you're lucky, super super lucky, you get five total touchdowns. Uh, who you know who do they go to? It's going to be, and that's that's on the lucky side. More than likely, you only get three to four. So uh, you got to you got to figure out which one. But I do like the Ajayi call, and I mean. I'll go back. I've played him all year except for his actual good game. So I'll go back to Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe he'll finally make me a little money this week. But uh, that's where I would go there. Dallas is going to struggle without their left tackle. So I don't know if I could play any of these guys in this in this game for Dallas if, if he's injured. So no interest in Dak because you look at the spread. You mentioned it. You would think it would be a lot higher. You know, and I'm sure they're waiting on those injuries. But, you know, I see Philly minus three. I'm thinking it should be five, six. So Maybe Vegas saying this is going to be a closer game than we think. Big total. Any interest in Dak? You know, I know he was a popular play last week. Kind of let some people down. Not going back to that well chop. If he gets his, if he gets his left tackle back, yes, I think he's definitely a good. I think he's a good play if he gets his tackle back. I, I absolutely have no problem playing him. If he doesn't, if we're left with that, you know, big old 
bucket just standing out there at left tackle that lets everybody go around him. There's no way. I mean, what? Because you're not running the ball as effectively anymore. So you got to at least have a little bit of time in the pocket for this guy to make plays. And I just didn't see any time at all last week to get the ball downfield. So if that's the case again, I can't. I can't do it. And it was interesting to see Rod Smith actually led him in snaps at the running back position this week. So you know, we were trying to figure out. You know, is it Alf Morris? Is it McFadden? Maybe it's Rod Smith. So. Derek, Philly, Dallas, a, a lot to get here to Sunday night. FanDuel, it's on their main slate. DraftKings, if you're playing the whole week, it's on the slate. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah, depending on Depending on my intoxication level at the RG party, uh, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be I, I'd like to find some lineups in this two-game slate because I think it. it's going to be a good one. I uh, love the Eagles side of the ball. I love Wentz. Uh, going back to Alshon Jeffrey, he's had a string of bad cornerback uh, matchups. This is probably one of his better ones of the season so far. I like Ertz in the two-game slate. We know the Cowboys have struggled against tight ends. Um, as far as a full slate, I do prefer Gronk and Travis Kelsey over him on FanDuel. I uh, like the JHIE call. They say they want to get him uh, more involved, and they're saying there's not a play in their uh, playbook that it, they don't feel comfortable with him uh, running right now. So I like hearing that. Who uh, could be coach speak? I mean, they do still have a bunch of guys uh, in that backfield, but 5,300 more than reasonable, especially in that two-game slate. Yeah, for the Cowboys, I think you guys nailed it. Uh, depends on uh, Dak Prescott's left tackle. If he's available, I think uh, I'm going to play some Dak. I think he'll try to push the ball down the field a little bit, make some plays with his legs. Uh, Des Bryant, hopefully he can get some more practice in this week. You know, I don't think he practiced at all last week and uh, didn't do much in the game against the Falcons. But if he looks better, I don't mind going back to him. And, uh, yeah, for the running backs, I mean, Alfred Morris handled 73% of the carries, and then Rod Smith had 100% of the targets last week. So I think Morris is going to get the running work, and, you know, Smith's going to be the guy that's catching the ball out of the backfield. And 3400 for for that in a game where they should be trailing, that's definitely interesting for uh, Rod Smith. Yeah, I think people hesitate. You know, they, they're not sure who it's going to be yet. It's a three-way committee, and people tend to stay away from those. So, you know, maybe a, a deep tournament play there in Rod Smith. But risky, but somebody you can certainly look at after playing from behind, which we expect them to be against Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Monday Night Football, guys, Atlanta, Seattle. Derek, I think the big story here, Devontae Freeman looking unlikely for the Falcons, and I'm hearing a lot of Tevin Coleman talk out there. How much of a must play is Tevin Coleman? Because I don't know that he's a must play. You know, we saw Ward work in and get some work. It's still Seattle. A pretty good defense. So hit on Tevin Coleman and then wrap us up here at Monday Night Football. Yeah, so I think in the two-game slate, I think you can definitely play him at 5,800. But this isn't like uh, last year where, you know, the backup running backs were priced so cheap that they just became locks regardless of their matchup. Definitely don't think uh, he's a lock play. If you're playing the Thursday to Monday, that full slate, you definitely don't need to play Coleman by any means. Uh, Tough matchup on the road against the Seahawks. He is talented and he does get a lot of pass-catching work. I'm actually more interested in Julio Jones. Uh, he should be able to avoid Richard Sherman for the most part, uh, even if Sherman tries to shadow. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I'd say so. He's did, probably going to avoid it. Did I miss week. something? Yeah, he'll be all right. Well, he tore yeah, his ACL last week. The... Anyway, oh, that was Thursday night. Yeah, I didn't. Hey, man, you're, you're out playing golf. You, 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 well, yeah, you, you can't see him all, man. Hey, I mean, listen, your point still stands. He's not gonna. Absolutely. He's not gonna draw Richard Sherman coverage. You were. You were dead on. You hit the nail anyway, on the head. Uh, yeah, he tore up the the Seahawks anyway last year for nine or seven for one thirty nine and a touchdown. I like him in this one. I think uh, if they end up getting you know trailing a little bit, I think Julio finally breaks out. 
And uh, for the Seahawks, sounds like CJ Procise out for the year. Um, I somehow got that injury news, but not the <laughs> not the Sherman injury news. Uh, I like Wilson in his passing game here. Um, you know, no interest in the the Seahawks running game. I think you can run him up with uh, Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham, and uh, take some tournament flyers with Richardson and Lockett. All right, Chop, Monday Night Football, hit on Tevin Coleman real quick and then wrap us up and we'll get to some bold calls, some Faith Hills, we'll wrap it up. So I know we're going a little bit long, but uh, we're going to wrap it up here soon. Appreciate you guys listening. Chop, Monday Night Football, what do you got? Yeah, I, for Seattle, I'm liking some Doug Baldwin. I think there's, I think it's pretty good chance he avoids the Deion Sanders <laughs> coverage this week against Atlanta. So yeah, he's, well, I think we're good there. Yeah. I mean – Nah, you you got to still go. You got to live with that one for a while, man. But I, I don't mind. I don't mind. This is Russell Wilson at home in a primetime game. This is what he lives for, man. So Wilson, Wilson to Baldwin's fine. You you'll even see Wilson uh, to his auxiliary wide receivers to Paul Richardson, Tyler Lockett. One of them will have a big game. His tight end, you know, he he'll be fine. He he, he may be the highest scoring quarterback this week. This is what Russell Wilson does at home. So. I like that. And I think if you're playing on the all Thursday slate where you get all the games, I would seriously consider Tevin Coleman. And if I'm playing on the two game slate that night, I'm locking him in no matter how many rosters I do. It's a short slate. I mean, no, if Devontae Freeman's out, I just, I think, I don't want to overthink it. I think Tevin Coleman becomes the lock on that slate for running back because outside of Ajayi, I mean, Ajayi is the only other really solid option you're kind of don't know what you're doing with Morris and Smith. And I definitely don't want Lacey or Thomas Rawls. So I'd like Coleman in on a two game slate and I'm, I'm with Derek. I like Julio Jones also. So it's, this is a great two game slate. So yeah, I'm going to have to make some time, set set some time aside here before, before it kicks off and and put in some rosters. That that, that looks really, really good. You might want to do that now. Derek busted (laughs) out depending on the intoxication level. We're going to have a good time. So looking forward to seeing everybody, no doubt. Uh, that'll wrap us up here for the game analysis. Chop, Faith Hill, who you got? Who are you sticking with that, that maybe burned you last week, burned you in the last month? Who are you keeping the faith in here in week 11? Yeah, I'm going with a guy that's burned me several times this year, but I'm thinking this is a. I think this is going to be the week for him to really break out. Uh, and that's going to be Brandon Cooks taking on Oakland this week. I'm I'm hoping Chris Hogan is out because that opens things up for Cooks even more. But even if Hogan is in there, I really like what I'm seeing out of Cooks, and I think this could be the big week. All right, Derek, who do you got? Faith Hill play week 11. Uh, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. Uh, He's been really quiet lately, but a good matchup on the road against the Giants. They're 10-point favorites. We know the Giants struggle against the run. They don't uh, cover running backs well out of the backfield. So I think he's going to be heavily involved. Hopefully Andy Reid will let him get, you know, 20 or more more touches. Sometimes we don't get that with our Chiefs running backs, but I think it's a great spot for him, and his prices come down to $8,000 on DraftKings. All right, I'm going to go a guy we talked about earlier. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen, a guy that's you know generally a great fit in the DraftKings scoring system, hasn't had a huge game. You know, They've had some tough matchups recently, but that price really jumps out, boys. So I've been rostering him a lot, has been doing a lot. I'm going back to the well. I feel good about a 5,900. Too good of a price for me to ignore. All right, Chop, let's get to your Blaine Gabbert bold call here. What do you got? Bold call, Blaine Gabbert, highest scoring quarterback this week. There you go. 
No. The intoxication started early. No, started obviously, now. I didn't even know Blaine Gabbert was going to be starting up until the show happened here. So let's 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 backtrack on that. I don't even know how I got stuck with Blaine Gabbert on that prop bet either. Oh, that's I didn't. your boy, man. <laughs> but no, I, I think that uh, my bold call is I'm going – I kind of touched on him when we did the games, but I, I didn't really get into it big time. But I think Kirk Cousins ends up this week being the highest scoring quarterback of the week. Or, you know, it's a bold call. Let's just say top three is, is another realistic goal. But I think that regardless of how, how he does it, I think maybe it comes in garbage time. But whatever it is, it's, he, I think he's going to put up some big numbers in New Orleans in this game. So uh, I'm looking forward to Kirk Cousins being the highest scoring QB this week. All right. Pretty yeah, that bold. That plays there, in my bold call uh, with Chris Thompson. I think he's going to have over 10 targets and over 100 receiving yards. In addition to work on the ground, I think he's one of the better uh, running back plays of the week. And for my third and wrong, I'm going to go with my uh, Richard Sherman call there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, bro. <laughs> the ultimate third and wrong. So, hey, you know, it's tough to catch all the news, especially you're out playing golf. Dan, you got blinded uh, by yeah, the light. Yeah, this there, guy's so. a- Football games yeah. in swimming yeah. pools, man. He, he on, couldn't man. see, man. So I, Jeez, I wouldn't be paying weekend. attention to Jack either, man. Yeah, I'm sure hanging out at that swimming pool. That's that's got to be nice. Uh, my bold call, guys. I'm going to go back to Jacksonville. I, I put my money on Blake Bortles. I'm going to say Keelan Cole goes over 100 yards, catches a touchdown. So Keelan Cole, 3,800 deep tournament flyer, but I think he has a big game here against the Cleveland Browns and tears it up at that low price point. So that'll wrap us up, guys. Any final thoughts? Looking forward to seeing you guys, everybody else out there that's coming to the party. Safe travels. Looking forward to hanging out with everybody. I'll be in on Saturday. So, guys, any quick final thoughts here? I know we went a little long, but what do you got? Chop, final thoughts, week 11. Yeah, just it is what it is. It looks like a good week. And, uh, you know, next time I talk to you guys, we will be in Nashville enjoying – our football and drinking some beer. So y'all travel safe and I'll see you. I'll see you in Tennessee. Sounds good, buddy. Derek, yeah, final can't wait to see you guys. Can't wait to get some Hattie B's. And uh, for anyone coming to the party, just come up, introduce yourselves. Uh, we love meeting new people, you know, talking football, whatever. So. Absolutely. It's a great group. A lot of fun. You know, very relaxed. So if you're, you're nervous about it, don't be, you know, you're going to have a lot of fun. So looking forward to meeting anybody I haven't met out there. Again, looking forward to seeing you guys, everybody else from the RG team. So that'll do it for the OG's pod. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Hope week 11 goes good to you guys. Thank you again for listening. For Chop, for Noto, I am Beer. We're out of here.